Hello, I'm Doyle Sager, lead pastor of First Baptist Church, Jefferson City, Missouri. I want to welcome you to this worship experience. As we gather together uh, through the means of technology, we're grateful for this opportunity. We want to welcome our First Baptist family and all guests who might be viewing us for the first time. Uh, we are grateful for those who've had a part in helping make this broadcast possible. It's a lot of work. People have worked hard behind the scenes, and I'm personally very grateful. And we're looking forward to a great worship experience together. One of the things that we do during the season of Lent is work on a memory verse. Hebrews 12.1 is our Bible verse for this Lenten season, and I'd like for us to say it together. Would you say it with me, even if you're sitting in a house or somewhere by yourself? Let's say it together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12, 1. worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. 
It's Pastor Hannah, and I'm really happy that you get to see and hear me today, and I want you to know how much I miss getting to see and hear you. Usually we get to sit here on the steps and we get to talk to each other, and I love getting to hear from you during children's time. So today you'll have to hear from just me, and I look forward to the times when we get to be together again, and I get to hear more from you. Today in our scripture, you're going to hear a phrase, and that phrase is, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses. Isn't that sort of an interesting phrase? So in the Bible, there are stories of people who loved God and followed God and lived their lives in the way that God hoped they would. And in the book of Hebrews, where our scripture comes from today, the writer talks about some of those people and lists their names right before our passage today. The writer is talking about a great big group of people who are in God's family that came before us and showed us what it looks like to love God, to follow God, and to live in the way that God hopes we will. So that's what the cloud of witnesses is. It's this group of people that we get to hear their stories over and over again in the Bible and be reminded of their faithfulness to God and, and in following the ways of God. So another way to talk about this cloud of witnesses is to use the word hero. The cloud of witnesses are faith heroes. Now, some of you have heroes. I know some of you have sports heroes, like Patrick Mahomes is somebody who I've heard a lot of you talking about this year. He's a wonderful football player for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know that he's some of your, he is a faith, or a sports hero for some of you. Some of you really like superheroes, and I love getting to hear you talk about superheroes, like Superman and Wonder Woman, and the list goes on and on and on. You could probably name 10 superheroes that you enjoy reading and learning about. So today I wanted to talk with you about faith heroes. And what I did here is I cut out 
a, I took a piece of scrap paper at my house and I cut it out in the shape of a big cloud like you would see in the sky. And then I wrote down the names of some of the people who are my faith heroes. People who have shown me what it means to love God and love Jesus and to live in a way that Jesus would want me to live and to love God and love others with my whole heart. Some of these people are among my faith heroes because they are very brave and courageous. Some of them are on here because they're very wise. They have a lot of wisdom. Some of them are on here because they work very hard and they're persistent and they try and try again. Some of these people are on here because they have told me stories about Jesus and they taught me about Jesus when I was growing up. Some of them have shown me what it means to be a leader and to love others and serve others as a leader. So I thought maybe today you could go find a piece of paper in your house and you could tear or cut it into the shape of a cloud and maybe you could think of some of your faith heroes. These could be people in the Bible who you love their story and you admire something about them in their, in their Bible story, but it hopefully could also have people on it that you know right now. Who are your faith heroes? Maybe it's a friend at school who shows kindness and respect. Maybe it's your mom or dad because they have wisdom or because they show you love and care. Maybe it is an older kid or a big brother or big sister who shows you how to treat others with respect, how to help each other out, how to forgive. So take some time today to think about your faith heroes and remember that you are a part of the family of God and that you can be someone else's faith hero. I love you very, very much, and Jesus loves you and is with you. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the many people who show us what it looks like to love you and to live the way that you hope we could live. God, help us to remember these people and to give thanks for them. And help us also to pray and to think and imagine about how we can each be a faith hero because every one of us are part of your family. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not All my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And I ran out 
6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. And Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. You don't 
feel like I, I tell people I'm a non-athlete doing something athletic and and I feel like if I can do this anyone can do this. We're here with Rod Maples and we're talking about the worship series for the season of Lent, Run the Race, based on Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. So talk to us a little bit about how you prepare mentally and physically for a marathon. Okay. And I have a plan, and that's you get out and run, and and you just get the miles in. Um, the hardest part about it is just having the feet hit the pavement, because you have to decide every time before you go out and run, oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? Why am I doing this? And uh, so it's it's a battle. It's, it's truly a battle. It affects your whole life, you know, it affects how you eat, uh, it affects sleep, uh, hydration, so. So talk to us about that phenomenon that we hear about uh, getting your second wind. Are there breakthrough moments 
Is that always at the same point in a run? How does that work? There are times when I feel like I could run forever. I could run forever. Now, not every run is that way, obviously, uh, but there are some when you just think this is the best thing ever. Um, but then something else happens called hitting the wall. And for me, that's usually about mile 18. Something strange happens. Your body says, what are you doing to me? And I've been, I've said a lot of prayers like, Lord, can this just be over? Hmm. And then you just kind of muscle, muscle through and I don't know. Uh, it just happens. Huh? It just happens. All of a sudden you've gone another mile and you're closer and you think, okay, I can crawl the last two miles if I have to. Hmm. So, And that leads me to ask about injuries and disappointments. How does uh, all of that factor into the whole mentality of running? The Chicago Marathon, the first time I went, I was injured beforehand, and I knew deep down it wasn't gonna happen, but I wanted to try. And I got out, and sure enough, within the first few blocks, I thought I've gotta to get to the first first aid station and tell them I'm out. Got there and I walked back to the hotel. I cried. It was so painful. It was so awful to feel like a failure. I felt like I've let people down who knew I was running. And I've let myself down, even though I knew I wasn't a failure, but it felt like it. So. Putting all this together, are there spiritual lessons uh, that you've learned from running? Uh, has running informed your faith life and has faith life informed your running? It really has. It, it's affected me deeply. Um, a lot of times when you're just by yourself running, it's a prayer time for me. It's, it's a time to think through, where am I, God? What is going on and what do I need to do? And it helps me clear, clear my mind of all the distractions and just get it down to a simple, okay, here's what I need to do and uh, reminded of who I am. You know, it's not about the running. It's, you know, it's about who am I with God. And this, it helps me. It helps me to, to focus. Uh, it's a reboot. It's a restart. So, um, I don't always do it, but I have verses that I will memorize for certain miles uh, on some training runs. Uh, just try to use that as a discipline. And that's the word discipline is probably one of the big deals for me is the discipline in running bleeds over into everything I do, you know, including my spiritual life. Uh, it, it just helps me. During the Lenten season, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, each week, looking at a different part of that marvelous passage of Scripture. Today, we're going to be thinking about running with perseverance, the race set before us. Listen as I read the entire text. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the sake of the joy that was before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. You know, I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to interview Rod Maples and talk a little bit about running and marathons. It helped give an insight into the mind of a runner and the heart of a runner. Uh, it helped us, I think, all of us understand better this passage of Scripture because it's a call to run with perseverance the race set before us that God has given us. Now, here's something that might be surprising to you. In the last few weeks, as I've been prepare, preparing this particular message, I've been intrigued by the fact that Bible commentaries and study helps very rarely have anything to say about this particular phrase about perseverance and about running with patience and endurance. Almost all of the commentaries have something to say about the great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. Uh, almost all of them have something to say about uh, laying aside the weight and the sin that clings so closely or about Jesus being the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. But it's curious that most sort of just quickly move past this theme of running with perseverance. And I wonder why that is. Could it be that commitment is out of style? That endurance is never a very popular subject? I mean, in an age of instant everything, most of us don't have patience for patience because we just want to hurry on to the reward, to the gratification. But life doesn't work that way, does it? And it's all the more important that we remember the people who first received this message written to us in this letter called Hebrews. We don't know a lot, but we sort of piece together some things, uh, snippets here and there, sort of buried throughout this uh, letter to the Hebrews in its 13 chapters. For example, we know that these early believers were probably people who'd been following Jesus for a while, and they were growing discouraged. They were tired. They were harassed. Some of them had their property confiscated because they were Christ followers. Some of them uh, were thrown in prison. Some were beaten, and some were killed. And in the midst of all of that suffering, the writer of Hebrews wants to pump some adrenaline in their souls. And in that marvelous 11th chapter, he does that roll call of the faithful. And I love this verse from Hebrews 11:13. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. I love the imagery there, that these people ran faithfully even though the promises never came to them in fullness. And the image is them standing there and waving at the promises saying, hello, we don't have you yet, but we trust God and we'll run faithfully anyway. Running with perseverance, even when the promises of God are, humanly speaking, invisible, but running in faithfulness anyway. And this word perseverance is interesting as chapter 12, verse 1 uh, uses it. It literally means to stay put 
under, to stay in place, to remain. It means to continue with joy. It means to keep on with hope and faithfulness. It means to not stop. And in simple language, it means to just put one foot in front of the other, and tomorrow you do the same thing, and you keep on keeping on. Someone once said that the problem with the Christian life is that it's so daily. That's true, isn't it? Some days there just aren't any fireworks. Nothing is exciting. There's drudgery. And some days we don't see the advantage, the blessing of following Jesus because it just seems so hard. And the problem with the Christian life is that it's just so daily. No matter what happened today, tomorrow we get up and we live for Jesus that day. And then the next day we do the same thing. I also want us to think for a moment about the second half of the phrase that we're looking at in Hebrews 12.1. Because it's not only that we are to run with perseverance, we are to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now, that's a passive verb. That means that we're not doing it, it's something done to us. In other words, the verse doesn't say, let us run with perseverance the race we build, the race we construct, the race we choose. We have to run the race that is set before us. Think about it for a moment. We don't get to choose about COVID-19, do we? We don't have a choice about cancer or about a marriage breakup or about uh, an embarrassing experience or financial failure or some struggle, some dark night of the soul. It's the race that's set before us. And the call is to be faithful even when we don't understand why and how that race was set before us. It's a calling to be faithful. And you know, in a world of instant gratification, of everything being right now, it's important to remember that shallow commitments don't really liberate us, they imprison us. I'm grateful for Ruth Haley Barton, who wrote a book several years ago that really blessed my life, and she talks about this. She said, you would think at first glance that shallow commitments would free us to just do whatever we want. But in reality, shallow commitments cause us to be enslaved to the latest thing that comes along. The only thing that frees us is to run the race with perseverance, committed to Christ, committed to one thing and one person, and then we're truly set free. As you think about your own life, isn't it true? Our lives are shaped by the things we say yes to and by the things we say no to. God is in the business of shaping our lives, and God wants us to do our part as we, as we respond to the grace of Jesus Christ within us that we run with perseverance. I remember so well what Rod Maple said in the interview when I asked him about this matter of getting your second wind. It just seemed to me that what he said was so applicable to this passage of Scripture. And it was simply this, 
he said, sometimes you just have to muscle up and run. Put one foot in front of the other. And he said, if you do that, pretty soon you look up and you've gone another mile. And then I loved the closing part of that comment when he said, and some days you get to the place where you think to yourself, if I have to crawl, I'm going to cross that finish line. That's the calling of God in Christ Jesus, that we run with perseverance, that we run with faithfulness, that we don't stop, that there are no shortcuts. We simply obey and trust, and the grace will be there to put one foot in front of the other. God bless you today as we run the race together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace that you give us in Christ to run the race. We pray every day for fresh courage. And Lord, today we pray for all of those who are sharing worship with us in these moments, that you will bless and enrich their lives. And we pray for our world that is in such desperate need of your healing, that your hand might be upon us, that you would comfort the grieving, that you would calm our fears, that you would help us to trust you deeply and to know your gentle care. We pray for medical personnel, for first responders, for those who make policy, for those who are uh, doing so much to bring us through this difficult time. And Lord, we ask you, that you might help us to stay close to one another in all the ways that are possible. And we want to close by asking you to bless us as we are the church, the body of Christ, in new and mysterious ways, even while we're apart, that your hand might be upon us and that your blessings might flow. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now before we close this morning, I want to remind you that there are family worship guides available to go along with each of our sermons. We hope you'll download those. We hope that you will uh, take advantage of that opportunity to take the conversation deeper with family and friends. And the second thing I'd like to invite you to do is to please remain faithful in your financial support of First Baptist Church. In these very unusual times, you're aware, of course, that our obligations go on. We have ministry partners to whom we've made commitments, and we want very much to be faithful to them as well. And so you may give online, or you may mail your checks to the church office. We are grateful for your generosity, for your sacrificial giving, and we pray God's richest blessings on you as you share uh, in the kingdom work. God bless, and have a great day.